speaking into the abyss, the void that is the internet. That is what this podcast feels like because I am still unknown and I love it. I prefer for this podcast to not have that many listens right now because it was just meant to be my own little corner where I just share what's on my heart and mind and I keep myself accountable. It helps me process things. It helps me just enjoy the journey of writing, but I don't have to deal with a bunch of people's opinions about me and it carrying over into my regular day-to-day life. So I'm fond of being irrelevant (laughs) in a sense because I can just do and say whatever the fuck I want and there aren't really any repercussions. That doesn't mean I'm going to go off and say crazy outlandish things. I'm still me. I'm still very conscientious with my dialogue, but there's no pressure to keep up a facade, keep up an image. I can just be. And I would encourage everyone else, everyone else to do the same at some time in their life and in some way, because it just brings peace. It alleviates stress. I have had my small taste of fame. Thrice. Three times I'm <laughs> I'm thinking back on it right now and I was thinking back on it this morning and it's just so ridiculous how people are. So let's track back into 2009. This was right when YouTube was starting to get a lot of attention and I started a YouTube channel just for the sake of sharing my journey with other people. Um, I had suffered from selective mutism for the majority of my life. So speaking into a camera was great practice to get me to start talking. And I just wanted to share about meditation, about mindfulness, about spirituality, because I knew it had helped me. And I was hoping that it would help somebody else and I'd be able to connect with like-minded individuals. I didn't have a mission statement for it. I was just sharing. And over, let's say, 2009 to 2014, it was doing really well because I was uploading content. And then I just stopped. Um, it really started tapering off in 2014 and then I just never got re into it, uh, in 2015. And then I deleted the majority of the videos and rebranded the channel. So now the channel is only for guided meditations. It's not under my name, um, because I was dealing with so much crap, but I still had the dedication to provide content that was meditative, that was insightful and helping people heal and maneuver through life. So some of the things that happened were, there were racist comments. Um, So I had over 7,500 subscribers back in the day, and I 
had 400,000 some views. And I know that's considered small for the channels nowadays, but it was really good for the way YouTube was back in the day. And there's that niche group of spiritual people that I was semi-known in. Someone called me a YouTube celebrity within the spiritual community. I wouldn't have called myself that. So these were the things that I got a taste of. People listening to what I had to say, which was nice. <laughs> but there were arguments in the comments, so I would delete that. There were people trying to get reactions from me through spamming or trolling. And I would just delete, ban, and block. I just became really upset when I would have like a community member on and I would still get these comments that were attacking them. So I would just delete them. I was really good at curating my my channel. But then people were getting hurt over me not responding to their comments. And when I first started the channel, even up until 2012, I was constantly answering um, emails and comments and for free. And it was, it was like a full-time job. And I remember one day in 2012, I had $20 in my bank account. And I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> this is ridiculous. I need to take care of myself. So I stopped and I focused um, on regular work rather than attending to the YouTube channel. Um, but then I also noticed that people were becoming obsessive with me. They would message me multiple times. They would message me about their dreams. Um, they would message me on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, my website, email. And it was harassment. And all these weirdos were like, I'm in love with you, marry me. And I was like, uh, nah, <laughs> I don't know you. This weirdness where people think that because you know them, we know you. Like, it happened so many times where these weird guys were like thinking I was going to fall in love with them. And I knew nothing about them, but they had already professed their love for me based off of a delusion of what they thought I was. Um, other times, I saw people speaking on my behalf to people that had commented and they were saying the wrong thing. And then other people who I like let into my circle, I considered them friends. I started noticing that some of them were using me as like a status symbol of, oh, I know her. We're friends. I just talked to her. It's like, you can't name drop me. I'm still like irrelevant. <laughs> um, I didn't like that at all. That's probably one of the main things that got under my skin. <sighs> and so it made me think, I wonder what it's like to actually be famous. <laughs> you know, I wonder what it's like for Brad Pitt and other well-known people who anywhere they go in the world, they're recognized. And people try to get into their circle to get things out of them. Because I noticed that people were trying to become friends with me 
in order to use me or exploit me. And I was just like, I don't, I don't get that. Like when I'm thinking of starting a friendship, I'm thinking about what I can give. They were thinking about what they could get. And that still has rubbed me the wrong way. And it's caused the disintegration of some friendships where I notice that's what they were continuing to do, even when I called them on it. So needless to say, YouTube was not a great experience in the sense of like maneuvering through the comments, uh, dealing with the pressure of keeping it up, presenting yourself in a way that your brand is. But then when people are like harassing you and you call them on it, people are like, you're not a nice person. You're not kind. And I'm like, no, I'm actually just defending myself and I'm standing up for myself. I'm actually demonstrating healthy boundaries. You don't agree? There's the doll. <laughs> there is the doll. Uh, so, and again, my channel was not as huge as other channels, but it was huge for me and it was overwhelming for me. I just could not keep up with the comments and the emails. And so I just let it go. But then <laughs> in 2012, well, this was before I let the YouTube channel go. Because I had the YouTube channel, someone from a TV show contacted me and they wanted me to be on their competition show. And I've been wanting to travel, still want to travel. And so I agreed because I'm always up for a challenge. I don't really care what happens. Um, like people will say things and do things, but if it's a new experience, I will do it. When it becomes monotonous and it's not new and it's the same thing over and over again, I will lose interest and leave. So this was a new experience. It's, did I say already it was in Ukraine? So I went all the way to Ukraine, the only black person. Well, there was one other black person. <laughs> and we were on this TV show and it was so weird. I would go to the store and people would be like staring at me. And I was just like, is it because I'm black? But then they would come up to me and they're like, you're on that show. Can you read me? And then other times um, I would post slightly about it on my Facebook or YouTube and people would be like, oh, we know what's happening. Um, and nothing was happening. <laughs> uh, and then I would be actually filming. There'd be all these cameras around, all the crew, and then all the actors and actresses or the people participating. And they, there would be uh, the public that were just like around seeing what was happening. And they would come up and like touch me. People were touching my hair, touching my skin. I remember this little girl was like, and like touching my hair. And I was like, oh, I'm being touched. And I was saying that to the interpreter and then they moved the people away. It was weird. Like people were trying to take pictures with me. People just kept asking questions. I was considered this magical, mystical creature. And it was weird. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. It was weird. I remember walking home with like a jug of water because the water in Ukraine is terrible. And this guy just came up to me on the sidewalk out of the blue and he was speaking Ukrainian. I was like, what? Oh, I, I don't know what you're saying. He was like, blah, blah, blah. and I know he mentioned the name of the show in Ukraine because I'd heard it so many times and I was like, oh God. And he just was like 
taking up so much of my time. And I remember I, I was holding this giant jug of water and I had stuff in my other hand. I was just like, I just need to get back to the hotel. And the hotel was horrible. It was such a weird experience. I'm still glad I did it. I got to meet new people, have an interesting experience. But even after the show, people were messaging me. They would find me and they'd be like, you're on that show. Can you read us? And I did meet some new friends, some cool people, but the contestants were batshit crazy. And I'm not even like minimizing that. And I'm writing it, in, it into one of my scripts. So <laughs> I like to exploit people's craziness and make it profitable for myself. So I won't talk more about that, but I just was like, okay, so whenever I watch shows like Survivor and um, Projects, what is it called? The thing with Heidi Klum. Wow. Um, Project Runway and like other competition shows. I know what it's like behind the scenes. Top model. It can make you or break you. 12 hour shifts, dealing with crazy contestants, dealing with crew who don't care, but some people care too much. Then needing to take care of yourself. Then like the host of the show, then the show actually being aired and the public's commentary and then the public being, it's just, whoa. I now empathize with the people who have like snooty attitudes or like argue with the judges because it's a lot. And so then the only other time I had a little taste of fame was when I was running a uh, group on Meetup and it had a good amount of followers. This woman wanted to interview me about representation of the LGBTQ plus community and polyamory um, and like the representation in shows and movies. And so I, I agreed to it just talking. Um, and then I read it back and I was just like, what the fuck? Like she changed a lot of what I said to suit her own self. Like I would say something and then she would say, so it's this, that, and the other. And I was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> I was just agreeing with her for like her point of view, not agreeing saying that that's what I believed, but she was presenting it. And I know she knew what she was doing. <laughs> so, but she presented it as if it was my words instead of hers. So I just am like, oh, that happens all the time to politicians, celebrities, where they say one thing and the internet and human beings completely warp it. But also it might even be the interviewer that warps it. Just yesterday, I heard about Nicki Minaj talking about some cousin's friend getting swollen balls and how news outlets were twisting her words. I used to just think clickbait was like for the trolls of YouTube, but like prestigious <laughs> news outlets are doing it as well. So I don't like that. Like I could say something on the internet and it could be completely warped. And I'm seeing that with uh, comedians and like Trevor Noah and other people. And I'm just like, Whoa, I want to avoid that. I already got my little taste. But the thing is, I still have this humanitarian um, outlook. So I do still want to be of service to humanity. And I can't do that from staying hidden 
and have the same level of impact. I can through my writing to some degree, but the way that the industry works now, you have to have your skilled craft. Yes, you have to be good at what you do and have a clear voice, but you also have to be a brand yourself and you have to be a good person. People don't want to work with people who are horrible people. Think of Josh Whedon. Nope, nope, that's the wrong name. Actually, let me Google it. Um, I don't know if this is the person that's recently, no, it is Josh Whedon. For some reason, I was thinking that that was the character from Star Trek. Um, but yeah, he has a horrible represent, uh, not representation. What is the word? Reputation of being quite toxic on set. So... People are still creating his content. They're just not having him on set. So it's a weird time. Fame is this labyrinth, this maze within a labyrinth, within another maze that you have to weave and navigate through where you're still demonstrating the faultiness of humanity while still towing the line enough in order for people to still like you enough not to lose your position or your job. But my scripts are all polarizing and I like it that way. Karmic Bates, I know, will probably be one of the scripts that gets me the most flack. But I understand it and I'm doing even more work to convey the message even more. But still, I know people are going to, there's going to be some people who don't like it. You can't please everyone. Um, just think of the recent shows like Them and the response. Think of Reservoir Dogs and the response from that. I'm still liking watching Reservoir Dogs, sorry, not Reservoir, Reservation Dogs. Um, Reservoir Dogs is um, Quentin Tarantino's movie that I've never seen and only recently heard of. But um, Reservation Dogs is getting flack because they said that they're not um, conveying enough of the diversity within indigenous communities, such as Black indigenous people, which is what my script, Gigi Family, is all about. So I know that there's a need for my stories, um, but I also don't feel like it really needs to have that level of hatred because basically if that script and that show does well, then there will be more shows like it with more diversity. We build. We don't think like the first shot at it is perfection. Right? And it's not the first shot, but I just think that a little bit of grace would go a long way with people. I only got a Twitter this year and I'm noticing just all of the craziness. And even I'm getting pulled into some of the drama and so I have to log off. And it's just like, sometimes it's little stuff that's insignificant. And other times it is really, really big stuff and you want to have an emotional, re an emotional reaction and be emotionally invested in it. But then you're still noticing that it's stressing you out. And had you not logged on that day, that day would have been perfect. 
you would have been blissed out. So anyway, um, what I've been doing lately is meditating and putting my mindset in the state of actually being famous, not famous, famous, but having a level of notoriety and having a platform and my body's recoiling. I remember there was this pit in my stomach and I got restless. I started moving. I got uneasy. Um, my body was repelling that level of attention. So still more work to do. <laughs> or I might just concede and be one of the rioters that fades into the background. But I'm really excited for where the industry is going. And I want to be a part of that current. Because I finally feel like we're going to get to the place that I've always envisioned, which is a little bit like the holodeck type of way of having experiential movies. You know, I'm, I'm excited for that. It'll be a new way of having self-discovery, but also a different way of engaging and connecting with people. So... Perhaps these past experiences have prepared me for potential fame. Um, I don't really want or need that anytime soon. And I'm pretty sure it's not going to happen anytime soon. So I'm just being at peace with where things are right now. Oh gosh, I'm sorry for that dog. It's like always at the most inconvenient time, it starts barking. Um, which leads me into another thing. I was going to get a dog this month. Um, but unfortunately, where I was going to move to is delayed. And the place I currently live at does not allow dogs. But one day, I will have one soon enough. I'm going to end today. I just felt like talking since I haven't really talked that much during this month. It's our mid-month check-in, but I have not written anything new this month so far. I've just been going over old, old scripts and elevating them. I'm going to start writing. I was going to say reading <laughs> and then it went to writing. I'm going to start writing A Shuddering at Shook Root this month. I wrote so many articles yesterday for my regular job and that's taking up more of my time. What I did, so I'm not stopping the podcast. I'm not going to end it just yet. <laughs> I started writing so many articles in June, July-ish of this year because I knew in order to really have my focus on my writing for screenplays, I needed to get my regular work out of the way. So the company I work for will sometimes send in an open-ended question, like do us do us uh, send an article about being black or do an article about astrology, and so it's just whatever I feel like writing. And other times they're very specific, like how does the fall weather affect the sacral chakra? <laughs> um, so I had written so many articles that I didn't need to do any for a while but then the request started coming in again because they had used up all the ones I had previously written 
And I just felt uninspired to write. But Monday, Tuesday, my brain just clicked on and I wrote four and a half articles. These articles range from 400 words to a thousand words. And then I also had to do guided meditations. <clears throat> so it took up a lot of my time. I think I did two meditations, guided meditations. Um, and then I had to rewrite two other articles that my assistant wrote for me. So <clears throat> I essentially work for four companies. Um, one is my own company. It's a spiritual non-for-profit. And then writing could be considered a fifth job that I'm not getting paid for just yet. But I do have a lot that sometimes like weighs me down. So in order to still have enough engaging content for my regular community and still work for these other companies, I needed someone to handle more of the mundane tasks. And I've hired several people and it just hasn't gone well. One person injured their knee. They were on pain medication that made them drowsy um, and irritable and they just didn't get things done on time. And then I hired another person and... Sadly, there was a death in her family and the grief was just overwhelming and she couldn't do the task on time. Another person got into a car accident and they were trying to recuperate. It took like two weeks to hear back from them. And of course, I love them and I have empathy for them and compassion. And I'm affirming that things work out for each of them as soon as possible. It just wasn't really working for me. It was contributing to my anxiety and stress. So this new person's really working out. They're getting things done on time, except for one thing last week. But I feel like they're going to get it done this week. And I just feel lighter. So I did all these articles. I did all these um, meditations in the last 36 hours or so. And now I'm ready to refocus on my writing because I can't switch back and forth from the or, um, article mindset to the screenplay mindset. I need them separate in order to do them well. So yes, I'm really quite pleased with my mental and emotional state. I'm doing everything that I need to do in order to take care of myself. I downloaded a mindfulness app that's helping me reflect more because they have early check-ins, midday check-ins, nighttime check-ins for how you're doing. So I'm just re-evaluating myself. I'm checking in and reflecting. And then there's gratitude. There's guided meditations. There's a section where people just talk about what's going on in their lives and people celebrate them. There's articles, there's virtual events. Oh, it's just amazing. Um, I love it. And so I applied to work for them for a position that I might not be completely qualified for, but I just love their app so much. And then I also applied to another mindfulness app because I'm a content creator. I love getting, getting, but also I meant to say giving, guided meditations, quality content that just matches people's values with uh, support. And yeah, 
it'll be a bit stressful working for another company, but I'm just ready to offer all of me in the spiritual sense to people who are willing to receive it, value it, and honor it. Maybe not all of me just yet, but a bigger portion than what I've offered before. So that's what's happening. I'm getting that balance for work with this assistant. I'm taking care of myself. I'm still going on my walks. Uh, just things are really, really good. And I've completed more scripts than I've ever completed before. I feel like I know the craft so well. I'm meeting more writers. I'm becoming more confident. And also, I just feel more than ever before that it's possible. So that's it for today. I will check in with all of you at some point, hopefully before the end of this month. I am getting the table read together. I just need one more voice actor and then we'll schedule the time. And then I'll upload it for all of you to hear. Take care, everyone. And I really mean it. Take care of yourselves. Bye.